Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. Welcome to the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. This is your host, Jack Jones. Back with another week of winners. We're entering week 9 NFL and week 10 college football. Brandon Lee and I are fresh off another winning week. We went 3-2-1 and one last week. I went 2-1. and one. I lost with Florida State in college football, but won on the Packers. And my six-point teaser on the Texans and Steelers in the NFL. Brandon was 1-1-1. One, one and one. one on Iowa State in college football. Lost on the Bengals in the NFL. He pushed his 10-point teaser with the Vikings plus 10 being the push. Uh, Brandon, uh, welcome back. Man, that was a tough loss you had on the Bengals. Yeah, that was uh, one I was kind of counting early on. You know, they're up twenty-one to nothing uh, midway through the first half and or second quarter, and then thirty-four to sixteen going into the fourth. You know, uh, unfortunately, they couldn't leave. Jameis Winston was as bad as I thought he would be, and that uh, brought Fitzmagic back into the game, and uh, he ended up costing me uh, what looked like an easy cover early on. Yeah, it's hard to believe they recovered after Winston threw like four interceptions, one pick six, and uh, just crazy that they came back and and uh, backdoored you there. And uh, you know, I had Iowa State last week. I thought we were both a little fortunate to get that because they were up too late and they needed a a long touchdown drive and a defensive stop to seal it, and they got both. Um, so you know, it wasn't as uh, Ugly as the the Bucks come back. I mean, Iowa State looked like the right side the whole game, and I was happy they covered. For sure, yeah. And there, I believe there were a couple uh, non-offensive touchdowns scored by Texas Tech in that game. Or I know they had the punt block, and then there was another turnover, I believe, that led to an easy Texas Tech score. That you know, I always felt like Iowa State was the right side in that game, but definitely it ended up being a fortunate cover. Yeah, just in the last few seconds. But yeah, they gave up fourteen. Uh, non non offensive points. Their defense played great again, and uh, just made it a little closer than it needed to be. <laughs> For sure, yeah. You always like it when you still get the cover, and you know you get those the other team scoring twice without With, the offense. Yeah, providing. it's hard to co- it's hard to get a cover when you give up two non offensive touchdowns, and they did it. So um, we're now thirty eight thirteen and one on free picks and teasers this football season. We are 124-67-7 over our last 36 football podcasts. 65% winners over the last three seasons on the gridiron. We got six more free picks for you guys for Week 9 NFL and Week 10 college football. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, Brandon, give listeners your free pick for uh, college football on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Big Ten. I'm going to take the Purdue Boilermakers as a slim two-and-a-half-point home favorite against number 16-ranked Iowa. I mentioned this before on the podcast, and I play it regularly for those who follow me. Anytime I see an unranked team that is a favorite against a team uh, that is ranked in the top 25, I almost immediately take the unranked team. Um, And this is no different here. I think the books are tipping their hand every time they do this. And if you play this consistently, you're going to end up showing uh, quite a good profit over time. Um, with that said, the line isn't the only reason I'm taking the Boilermakers to win this game, uh, which is basically all we're doing here with the line of two and a half. I, I think these are two evenly matched teams, and while both are coming off losses, I, I think Iowa's loss to Penn State will be much harder for the Hawkeyes to rebound from than Purdue's loss at Michigan State. 
not that Iowa went into that game against Penn State expecting to win, uh, but it was more so how they failed to do so. Uh, they definitely had to leave uh, the Penn State feeling like that should have been a win. They had the ball first and goal on the Penn State three-yard line, down just six with you know a little over three minutes to play. Uh, on first down, Stanley goes back, and it looks like there's some com- confusion uh, with what was playing or the snap, and you know they throw an interception. Defense does a good job, uh, gets the ball back with enough time to make another drive, and Iowa State or Iowa gets down into uh, Penn State territory again, but just uh, ran out of time. Uh, that loss, you know, I think is one that it, it's going to be really tough to come back from, just because it, it not only you know really hurt their chances of win the, winning the Big Ten West, uh, it also um, pretty much knocked them out of the playoff hunt. Um, I know a lot of people weren't really including them in it, but I, I think that was something they were they probably had in the back of their minds. Um, you know, I'll be the first to admit, uh, I know you had Purdue against Ohio State on this a few weeks ago, and I, I was not sold on the Boilermakers at all in that game. I actually lean the other way, um, but yeah, I'm willing to uh, accept when I'm wrong and uh, learn from my mistakes and I really like what I saw from this Purdue team in that game. I wasn't all that surprised to see them struggle on the road against Michigan State. I was actually a bit surprised they were favored in that game. I just think that was a tough spot for them off, you know, one of the biggest wins they've had in quite some time. Um, I, I, I just think this will be the, the a big bounce back spot. The home fans are going to be excited to, you know, knock off another uh, top 25 team. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned some of the tough you know, the tough emotional aspect here for Iowa coming off that loss to Penn State. They're also playing their second straight game on the road. It's really tough this time of year. And to make it even worse, this is their fourth road game in the last five weeks overall. Uh, we got Nathan Stanley, Iowa's starting quarterback, uh, dealing with a thumb injury. You know, he's probable, but, you know, likely going to play here at less than 100%. And, and you know, he's just going to be one play away from – potentially having to go out of this game and Iowa really has no uh experience or you know really legit backup to take over and Stanley's really been the reason that they're six and two and ranked you know in the top 20 right now uh lastly you know Purdue's offense against this Iowa defense that's where you know I think people could be drawn to the Hawkeyes given how good they've been on that side of the ball I I just think Iowa's a little bit better suited to stop teams that want to ground and pound uh, like your Wisconsin's and you know while the Penn State has Trace McSorley they're a more of a run first team uh, Purdue's 11th uh, in the country in passing so I, I think this is a good matchup for them and then I, I this Iowa team tends to struggle with speed and uh, Purdue has one of the most electric freshmen in the country and Rondell Moore you know kind of reminds me of your Tyreek Hill and uh, Co-in for the Bears in the NFL. I think he's going to be a special player um, at Purdue and then going forward. So give me the Boilermakers uh, to, to win by at least a field goal here. Yeah, that Moore made some incredible plays against Ohio State. I mean, he had a highlight reel of his own. Uh, that guy's fun to watch for Purdue. I I think uh, situationally it's an easier spot for Purdue here to back than Iowa. Uh, Purdue obviously off their one of their biggest wins in program history against Ohio State. Not surprising they went and lost at Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State did win at Penn State, too. 
Um, and Penn State was in a similar bad spot to what Iowa was in. Penn State was coming off a loss to Ohio State where they felt like they should have won. Iowa was coming off a loss to Penn State like they felt like they should have won and uh, now have to hit the highway again here. Uh, go up against a Purdue team that, uh, you know, they they got some good vibes right now. Uh, they, they still think they can win the Big Ten West. Um, you know, st- I mean, they're only 4-4, four and four, but they still got a chance. And... Um, if they went out and, um, they got that Tyler Trent, the the kid with terminal cancer in attendance this week said he's going to be in attendance again. So they got, you know, that working in their favor too. I know that's just an outside factor. Some people believe in it. Some people don't, but I, I think it definitely helps them more than anything. Um, it's a team that's riding high right now and they did beat Iowa 24 to 15 on the road last year, six point underdogs. And I think they're going to step up in a big way here. Uh, Iowa just, you know, hasn't really beat anybody of any significance this year except maybe Iowa State, but that was at home. So uh, I lean the same way here, Brandon. I think Purdue gets it done. Yeah, uh, a lot of good points there you bring up. Uh, definitely, you know, the, the cancer is a really tough uh, thing for that kid to deal with. But there, there's no question that the team, you just they bring a little something extra to that game. And it, it's special to watch. And uh you know, I definitely think it plays into uh, Purdue getting the win here. Yeah, it's definitely fun to watch for the fans, too. It's cool to see moments like that throughout the season. And, uh, yeah, it just makes you realize, you know, football's not the, the end-all, be-all. And, for sure. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm going to take uh, Texas minus two at home against West Virginia. Similar here to you, Brandon, a small home favorite. Just basically got a win to cover, and uh, this comes down to the fact that West Virginia hasn't played or beaten anybody of any significance. Uh, the Mountaineers played the 59th toughest schedule in the country. Best opponent they faced was Iowa State. They lost 30 to 14, and what was an even bigger blowout than that. And then they play; they've played all of the worst teams in the Big 12 <laughs> so far. Uh, they still have Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU remaining, so it's a backloaded schedule. So I think uh, you know they're overrated just because they're six and one. Uh, it's a big reason why I was against them against Iowa State, and uh, you know I I just don't trust this team because they haven't played anybody. And uh, Texas has been through the gauntlet. Really, they've played the 18th toughest schedule in the country. They handed Oklahoma their only loss. Uh, they, they're going to still be in the Big 12 title game if they win out, so they should have no problem getting over that loss at Oklahoma State last week. Uh, West Virginia is their biggest threat to the to the title game, so they're going to be max motivated here. Uh, Texas has been good against uh, real good offensive teams uh, recently, especially under Tom Herman. Uh, they're 8-1 and against the spread versus teams who average 8.5 eight or more passing yards per attempt over the last three years. The Longhorns are also 11-3 and against the spread versus teams who score 37 or more points per game over the last three seasons. Dana Holgerson, 5-19 and against the spread. After a game where his team forced three or more turnovers as the coach of West Virginia, I think the Mountaineers are getting a little too much love from their blowout win over Baylor last time out that was aided by a 4 to nothing turnover edge. Uh, West Virginia has only played two true road games this season. They barely won at Texas Tech, and they, they lost at Iowa State badly. Texas 4-0 at home this year, holding opponents to just 17 points per game. Uh, I think the Longhorns' defense steps up. I think they keep uh, Wilger in check, and I think they uh, get the win and cover at the short price Saturday. 
Yeah, uh, not a lot I need to add here. You pretty much covered all the angles. Um, I would definitely lean Texas in this game. Uh, There is slight concern, you know, coming off the loss to Oklahoma State. You know, does this team, were they thinking national championship or, you know, are they going to be able to find, um, you know, satisfaction in potentially playing for the Big 12 title and, uh, you know, in a New Year's Six Bowl? I, I just think given where the program has been, uh, that that's still a goal that these players are, you know, very will be very motivated to get. And I, I think another shot at Oklahoma is always something uh, that will excite this team. So I, I expect them to come out and play really well. Uh, I agree that uh, West Virginia, while a good team, is uh, a bit overrated right now. They they just haven't played a lot of good teams so far. And when they have, um, I mean, really the only good team they played is Iowa State, and they didn't just lose they lost really bad in that game it wasn't even competitive and i just think given the way texas plays defense that they'll be able to slow down will Greer and uh, get the win here all right man i'm glad you agree there yeah definitely uh just pretty much agree on every point on that game so i like it uh let's move on to the nfl uh what do you got this week yeah i'm gonna take the houston texans as one point road dogs against the denver broncos I just think these two teams are headed in completely different directions down the stretch run. Uh, Houston started the season 0-3, but have since won five straight or 3-1-1 against the spread during this stretch. Uh, While I think some are starting to take notice of the Texans, I I still think they're a bit undervalued right now. Uh, Denver comes in having covered three straight. They they only lost by seven as eight-point dogs at Kansas City. Uh, Destroyed Arizona 45-10 as a one-point favorite on a Thursday night football game that most people watched. And then in weeks, that was in week seven. And a few days before that, they only lost by three points as a seven-point dog to the Rams. I I just think people see that this team has been covering and they're playing at home, laying a short number. Uh, They they might be tempted to back them here. I just don't think this is a very good team. Uh, They were very fortunate to cover against both Kansas City and Los Angeles. They trailed the Chiefs 30-14 to in the fourth quarter and the Rams 20-3 to in the second half, both times scoring in the final minutes of the regulation uh, to get the cover, uh, but essentially, you know, coming in the back door there. Uh, as for the win over the Cardinals, I, that, that just that result shouldn't surprise anyone with how bad Arizona is. Um, uh, all these covers, you know, look great, but for me, I think they went into last week's game against Kansas City feeling that that was a game uh, that they had to win to save their season. And it definitely seems like the case, at least from management's perspective. Uh, they just traded away uh, one of their best wideouts in Demarius Thomas for future draft picks. I know they like Cortland Sutton, and you know he maybe has a good potential or a future in the NFL, but he's still raw and you know nowhere near as talented as Thomas. Um, I, I just can't see that move as being viewed as a positive one inside the Broncos locker room. And it's kind of crazy, but Thomas was traded to the Texans who, you know, uh, I, while he's questionable to play here, just, you know, a lot of times it takes a week or two for the players to learn the playbook. I, I still think he can add something here in terms of, you know, I, I think the players for Houston will be motivated a little bit more uh, to win for their new teammate against his former team. And then there's got to be some kind of insight, you would think, uh, that Thomas can give, uh, whether it be like how to attack Denver's defense or, you know, what the offense is trying to do on different situations. So 
I think that has to definitely work in their favor some way or another. Uh, I also like the matchup here for the Texans. Uh, both of these teams are built on the running game. Uh, their offenses really work the best when they're picking up yards on the ground. Uh, it's just going to be a lot easier for Houston uh, as the Broncos are 27th against the run, giving up 135.8 yards per game. And Houston, on the other hand, is 7th against the run, giving up 95.1. We saw the Broncos' offensive line give up five sacks to the Chiefs last week. Now they got one of the best sack artists in the game coming to town, and J.J. Watt. Um, Case Keenum continues to uh, make uh, mistakes. I think he's got an interception in every game so far, if not maybe all but one. Uh, I, you know, playing at home, Denver might be able to cle- keep it close early, but I, I think when this is all said and done, uh, Houston uh, pulls away for the easy win here. Yeah, I certainly lean the same way here. I've been on the Texans a lot. Uh, it's been nice to see them reel off these five straight wins. Been on them a couple times, and uh, I like the fact that they have extra rest playing last Thursday. I think it's a bad spot for the Broncos. Their all-in game was against the Chiefs last week. I did have the Broncos in that game plus ten. Fortunate to get the cover in their twenty-three to thirty loss. Uh, now at three and five, um, you know, don't have a whole lot to be excited about. Uh, the only problem I have with the Texans right now is they do have some injuries. Secondary is really banged up, and their offense has been nearly unstoppable when Will Fuller has been in the lineup. But he suffered a season-ending ACL tear last week, which was devastating. It's why the Texans uh, went out and got Thomas. Uh, I don't think he'll be the same deep threat as Fuller was, but it's definitely a nice coop. Uh, uh, they they hope to get Kiki QT back from a hamstring injury this week. That would help the receiving core too. Uh, you know, I, I I wrote down that hidden advantage there with uh, you know Thomas maybe giving the Texans some some valuable information, especially with what their uh, uh, Denver's offense likes to do and and play calls and and, and whatnot. I don't see how that couldn't. Uh, be somewhat of an advantage um whether or not thomas plays a big role in the game or not uh definitely having that information can't can't hurt and uh, i may get there with houston but for right now it's just a lean and we'll see how these injuries progress throughout the week and uh, whether or not i make it a premium play yeah glad to hear you're on board and uh uh, hopefully you can uh, definitely talk yourself into it because i think we got an easy winner here all right all right, I might get there, man. I hope so. I do. I did. Situationally, it's a great, great spot for for Houston. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Saints minus one and a half at home against the Rams. Was my free pick this week. Uh, definitely one of the biggest games of the week and of the season. Uh, I won with the Packers last week, fading the unbeaten Rams, and I'm fading the Rams again this week. I just think them being eight and zero has them overvalued. I've been fading them almost every week because of it. They're clearly getting a lot of respect again. Here is less than field goal underdogs to the Saints, who most believe are the second best team in the NFC. Uh, but the Saints have been winning with more conviction of late. They're six and one uh, with six straight wins and five straight covers coming in. They won three of the last four by double digits. Rams have won four of their last five by single digits, uh, going one and four against the spread. Uh, during that time, they're starting to show some vulnerabilities. Their four road wins have come against the Raiders, Seahawks, Broncos, and 49ers. Only impressive win was at the Seahawks, but they won by two and actually trailed in the fourth quarter, and they beat the Broncos by only three. Uh, this will be by far their toughest test of the season here at the Saints, and uh, I think they might start be, 
start to get a little tired now because they haven't had their bye yet. That doesn't come until week 12. The Saints just had their bye in week 6. They got rejuvenated. They went on the road and beat both the Ravens and Vikings in their first two games out of the bye. Now they're back home uh, to what should be a raucous home crowd Sunday afternoon, essentially for first place in the NFC. The Saints are 8-1 against the spread versus good offensive teams who score 24 or more points per game. Uh, their last nine. Uh, the Rams, 30-62-1 and 60, 30, against the spread. Their last 93 road games versus a team with a winning record, so a bad track record on the road against good teams. Saints, 24-5 and five against the spread. Their last 29 home games against a team with a winning record. Uh, so they, when they play a good team at home, they usually take care of business. I expect that to be the case here. Also worth mentioning, the home team, 6-0 and against the spread the last six meetings. I really like the Saints a lot this week, guys. Yeah, uh, I would uh, have to agree with this one as well. Um, you know, I kind of, you know, there's not rankings in the NFL, but I think if there was, uh, I think most would agree LA would be number one. And while, you know, New Orleans isn't going to be far down the list, uh, I just don't think many people think uh, the Rams should be an under or an underdog to any team right now. And that's just going to draw a lot of attention to them. And I just think it's one of those, another one of those lines where the books are basically tipping their hand here, you know, telling you uh, what's the right side. And uh, I mean, could, would it surprise me if LA won? Um, no, just because I think both teams really want this one. I, I think they, I, I think there's a pretty good sense here that this will basically be for the number one seed in the NFC and home field in the playoffs. So I expect the both from both sides, but um, I, I'm in agreement here. I think New Orleans is just the better team um, at home, at least. Uh, so, and laying less than a field goal, and given their track record against great teams, um, it, you, you basically just got to take your chances with them every time in this spot. Yeah, throw it on a neutral field. I don't know if I feel with the same line. I don't know if For I'm sure. feeling the same way, but uh, definitely at home with your home crowd behind you and. Uh, you know, first place on the line, I think, uh, definitely is worth more than just, you know, the usual two and a half to three points. So, uh, I love it. Um, glad you agree too. And, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to give the listeners some teaser winners for week nine. Uh, what do you like this week? Yeah, we'll try to avoid some pushes this time. I don't be tough to do here. I'm going to take, uh, the chiefs minus, I'm gonna do another three team 10 pointer, uh, just to make that clear here first. I'm going to take the Chiefs from minus nine to plus one um, on the road against the Browns. I'm going to take the Bears from minus 10 to a pick 'em on the road against Nathan Peterman and the Bills. And I'm going to tease Aaron Rodgers one more time as a dog uh, from plus five and a half to plus 15 and a half uh, against uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I can't really argue with any of these. Chiefs and Bears should both win their games. Packers won't lose by more than two touchdowns. That was a nice Nathan Peterman plug you threw in there just to, <laughs> to let the so listeners bad. know that he's yeah. starting. <laughs> that's why the Bears are 10-point road favorites. So. Yeah. <laughs> or part of that's, the reason why. I mean, that's a big reason why. Yeah. I, I also think uh, Buffalo will have a very hard time uh, getting up for this game after laying it all on the line against the Patriots. So, yeah, and, short week. I mean, too. it's just. It's historically going to be, I think, I mean, it's on pace to be the wor- least efficient offense in NFL history, and that Bears defense is no joke. So I, it, it would be a shock, but, I mean, I know, you know, nothing's certain in the NFL, but hard to not like uh, Chicago to just at least win that game. Time to bring Jim Kelly out of retirement. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stick to my six-point teasers. They've been working pretty well lately. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Panthers uh, for minus six and a half down to minus a half at home against the Bucks. I'm also going to take the Cowboys on Monday Night Football from minus six and a half down to a half at home against the Titans. I think both these teams win. I'm not sure if they quite cover, so I'm utilizing the teaser lines to my advantage here. So I do think both of these teams win, though. Yeah, I agree both um, both of those as well. I, I really like that Carolina team. They were my one of my favorite play, or they were my favorite play last week. So, I think they're undervalued, and you know, I think they're four and zero at home. And Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston, it doesn't matter. And as far as Dallas is concerned, I, I think we've talked about how much neither one of us like Tennessee and yeah. Cowboys. Cowboys got a good defense, so I, you know. As long as the offense can do a little bit, they should definitely win there. Yeah, Cowboys at home this season have been pretty much unstoppable, and on the road they've been terrible. So kind of starting to see a home-road dichotomy with them. Yeah, I agree, man. The Panthers have been impressive. Uh, It's crazy how they just get no respect every week. I I haven't been taking advantage of it. I wish I would have. I haven't really been going against them either. But um, So, yeah, that was one of the no-sweaters of the of the weekend really a yeah, lot crazy to think that they were a field goal dog at home i mean just got up to a field goal yeah, yeah. that's crazy yep um yeah brandon uh let the listeners know how your premium picks are doing and uh where they can find you too yep uh unfortunately the only nfl play i lost in week eight was the one i gave out on the podcast i went four and one uh to wrap up week eight um, heading into week nine on an incredible 30 and nine, 77% run over my last 39 NFL picks and 66 and 33 on all NFL picks dating back uh, to this exact time last year. Uh, while not quite as hot on the college side, I am hitting 63% over my last 30 college football picks uh, off another winning Saturday card, uh, now 11 four 11 and four over the last three saturdays and uh 58 percent on all football plays dating back to the start of last football season uh, i was the number one ranked candy capper overall for 2017 i've had all kinds of success in both the nba and college basketball as well as on the gridiron uh, there's really not a better time to get on board and uh, just, you know, one last chance here. I've decided to extend extend my $50 discount on my 30-day pass until the end of this week. Uh, so act now if uh, you want in on that special offer. And you can find me at uh, www.sportscapping.com backslash brandon-lee.html or uh, just on the Sports Capping homepage on the NFL leaderboard where I'm number two overall for the year. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, good work, uh, especially in the NFL and uh, last several Saturdays in college football. Um, I'm ranked number five in football this season, uh, profiting in both NFL and college, 75 and 48 on the football season. I'm also ranked number one in the NBA uh, long term uh, here at Sports Capping. Uh, off to a 15 and 8 start in the NBA this season. College basketball does start next week, so uh, get a 30 day pass. For $400, see what I can do for you in all sports over the next 30 days. Uh, I'm ranked number two the last 60 days in all sports, so it's been a great run, to say the least, Brandon, and I know you're killing it as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, you've been uh, – I know I know. NBA is your uh, bread and butter, so as well as college basketball. So 
you know, both of us, you know, I just uh, highly recommend getting on board, guys, if you want to start uh, building that bankroll. Yeah, you just look up and down the list on all the sports, and you really don't see many weaknesses for us uh, at all. So I think we're both profiting and just but basically just about every sport. So, uh yeah, it's you know it's right there on the website. It's all it's all kept track of. So uh, and you know how how great we've been doing for you guys on these free picks. So and uh, most of these make our premium cards as well. So uh, definitely uh, hit us up on at sportscapping.com. Look for both of us. You can find me at betfirm.com or hit me up on Twitter at betfirmsjack. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please feel free to leave a review. Also, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Make sure to tune in next week for our Week Ten NFL and Week Eleven College Football free picks. Thanks for listening to the sportscapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com.